So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. You want to top that slop? Thought we were gonna have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into? Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This week is Shin Godzilla. My name is Jeff, and as a middle finger to the bank that took my grandma's house, I did not flush my last duty. My name is Jimmy, and my mom spoiled who shot Mr. Burns for me. (laughs) My name is Dan, and Jeff turned me into a full-blown candle guy. Wow. <laughs> oh man, this is another this is like every week we talk about this, but I feel like you've talked about that a dozen times on this show. <laughs> like a dozen easily. I don't think that's possible. Mm, we talk about candles. <laughs> We've definitely talked about candles several times, but yeah, how did I turn you into a full blownsy? Well, I never had candles or burned candles until you lived with me. Mm-hmm. And uh I, you know, then after that, I was like, oh, it's sort of nice, whatever. But I, I don't know. I just been like easing more into it. And then recently um, I got a Christmas gift that I needed to return. My sister bought me some uh, some pods for my espresso machine that weren't the right size. What a I brought bitch. Back. What, what a <laughs> fucking bitch. Sorry. <laughs> so I brought him back to Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> And he gave me store credit. He loves himself. Uh, And they gave me store credit, but they didn't have the correct size. So uh, I went right to the candle department. picked out a couple candles. Yeah, you show them. Yeah. Why? I'm not showing them. I was fine with it. And I bought some delicious smelling candles. What scents did you get this time? Um, One of them is like peppermint and sage which seems like a weird combination but works and the other one is sandalwood and salt and i really dig that one yeah that one's that that's a a masculine one that's really yeah that's what i like i'm not super into the florals or fruity scents i like a nice musky woody smell yeah i mean i Mm. like that too i haven't lit in a candle and a lit in uh (laughs) a candle in a while just because like i don't want the baby to smell that stuff Oh, um, baby this, little, baby that. We yeah. get it. You have a baby. <laughs> I want to say that every week, but I never do. <laughs> I'm glad you did it. This is the guy who's bragging about leaving poops in toilets. Yeah, dude, I had to. Jimmy, yeah. you also had a fun fact. <laughs> you say this every, every week. I can't remember. My oh, I just remembered it. Jimmy, who shot do, Mr. Burns? What do you think yeah. was a bigger mystery in the world of late 90s animated sitcoms? Who <laughs> shot Mr. Burns or who is Eric Cartman's dad? Oh, man, that's a tough one. The Eric Cartman's dad was was big, but I was always a big Simpsons guy. Yeah. So um, I was I mean, I did. I don't think I watched. I definitely didn't watch it as it was airing. Oh, um, I did. But, I was watching um, the DVDs as they came out. That's how I was watching a majority of like the early Simpsons stuff. So I believe that was in between season six and season seven coming out um, on DVD. So I don't know. There was just a really long gap between the DVDs coming out. Can we just say spoilers for who shot Mr. Burns and who is Eric Cartman's dad? Because I think both of them were total cop outs. (laughs) Yeah. The 1998 Denver Broncos? Maggie shot Mr. Burns, which yeah. was, uh, I was like, oh, my mom was like, oh, didn't the baby shoot Mr. Burns? I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Another bitch. What the? <laughs> and wasn't Cartman's mom Cartman's dad? Yes. Yeah. yeah very strange. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> This is the segment of the show where we talk about something small that we've been getting into or getting out of this week. It's it's talking ourselves into. And this week, I've been talking myself into playing online chess. 
Wow, you guys have you're at this point in <laughs> in your old age where you're playing online chess. I was actually reluctant to this, Jeff. I was coerced into it by a friend. Okay. Uh the the singer for my band, Mike, he was like, "Hey, you guys play chess?" And I was like, <laughs> "I I guess." I thought that you like don't know how to play chess. It's been like a thing in our friendship forever where you're like every every year you're just like, "Oh yeah, I kind of want to get into chess." You want to play chess? No, that's not true. I've played you in chess. I have a chess board. Oh, for some reason, I thought that it took you a long time to get into chess. It did take me a long time. I didn't learn until I was like an early teen. And then I had to sort of relearn because a long tangent that I'll shorten. uh, My uncle taught me to play chess and he learned chess in prison where (laughs) things get boring and they make up their own rules. So I learned prison rules chess. Which was That's like so funny. I didn't know this. All right. Oh, when, yeah. when, when you get knighted, you, you got a bottom for the biggest guy in the room. <laughs> oh, Jeff. No, they were just like basically they added like alternate moves to pieces like knights could do different things and stuff. That's, I don't even remember. That's all of it fine. Now, I mean, chess is like one game like it can get boring after a while, you know? Make yeah, some, exactly. That's alternates. what happened. But when I went to play other people, it was problematic because I was like, yo, you don't play CO rules. Uh, <laughs> so anyways uh i had to sort of relearn but yeah uh the singer for my my band was like download this app and we'll play and then uh seth the drummer for the band who's also a friend of ours he started playing too and uh what i realized is i'm very bad at chess i yeah. literally did not <laughs> win one game um but i have been playing like on and off uh trying to get better either against them or against just other people on the app who are like ranked at my level which is extraordinarily low Mm -hmm. but uh every once in a while when i'm bored it's it's pretty fun i don't know if you guys jim do you play chess nope i've never played it i have no idea how to play it i would say that jeff and i could talk you into it but i'm pretty sure jeff's really bad at chess too Uh, it sounds like dummies i mean i'm not great like i used to play with my grandpa and he would never ever ever like use a handicap against his young grandchildren he was just Uh. there to win and he did all the time and he would just treat you like a piece of shit (laughs) he would just be like who's next i'm done who's next you dumb bastard could anybody play better (laughs) um and then like you know i did used to play online a little bit when smartphones were first a thing uh playing like Mm. against either the computer or random people but my favorite kind of chess I wanted to just say it was called Battle Chess. I don't even know. It was on a floppy disk on an old, like, piece of shit, like, 64-bit computer. And uh, the pieces would, like, animate, kind of like in Star Wars, uh, and just, like, beat the hell out of each other. Like, monsters would, like, <laughs> form and, like, stomp you. Uh, that was pretty cool. But, like, yeah, I know the rules of chess. It's fun. I own a chessboard that I, like, never use. But it's not, Same. like, yeah, it's not something that I'm just, like, really into. Yeah cool jimmy what have you been talking yourself into so this is a really fun one um i think it's fun because of like just my circumstances Back but i've been man. talking my <laughs> i've been talking myself into david lynch's youtube channel do you huh. guys know anything about this i know no. who david lynch is and i know who youtube channel is <laughs> david so lynch david, the film director yes correct okay um i don't i don't think i've ever seen one david lynch movie in my entire life i do want to eventually get into that but it sort of spawned this idea i've heard that his youtube channel is very interesting seeing as he gives a daily weather report (laughs) this is literally daily he gives a weather report in los angeles and um i don't live in los angeles there's no reason for me to be seeing this but occasionally he gives little tidbits he was like (laughs) one day he was like oh i got my covid vaccine i was like oh that's cool like that was a more recent one and uh, one day he was like, as you can see, I'm holding this jar that I painted today. And he doesn't go <laughs> on about it at all. And then like a few weeks later, he started pulling out a random number. So now he has a number of the day. <laughs> and that's all it is. And yeah. I'm here for it. And I'm so excited for it. I didn't know this existed, but I want to check it out because David Lynch is a very interesting guy. Mm-hmm. And I love his like randomness. So yeah. Jimmy, back in the day when you were a small child and when cell phones were first coming out, uh, the idea of having like a special ringtone for you was very, like, very enticing. So people would spend money downloading little clips of songs and stuff. Right. 
And David Lynch, being the strange genius that he is, released a series of custom ringtones that you could download from his website with no explanation or backstory. They were just like sounds that he liked or like just like people saying things. And one of them is one of the most disturbing audio drops I've ever heard. It was used for years on the Howard Stern show. And it's just a man with a very deep voice saying, I like to kill deer. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a ringtone that you could download from his, from his website. So sorry for that tangent, but uh, I really want to check out this YouTube channel now. Yeah. Oh man. It's so good. I was actually talking to a friend of mine about it last night and he was talking, he was recommending some David Lynch stuff. And uh, I was talking to Ben or Barber about it too, because he's a big uh, Twin Peaks fan and stuff. And, I recommend um, do a Google search of David Lynch ringtones. They're all fantastic. <laughs> One yeah. of them is like the sound of mosquito wings or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely down for this David Lynch thing. I think this is probably going to be a series of talking myself into because I think I'm going to watch <laughs> Twin Peaks soon. Ooh. So, yeah, uh, I don't yeah. I don't dislike David Lynch, but people who are really into David Lynch eh, could could kindly fuck off. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> I think uh, he's borderline too weird for me. So some of his less weird stuff I like. Like I enjoy uh, what's the Dennis Hopper one? Is it Blue Velvet? I'm trying to remember. But uh, I like some of the Twin Peaks stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of hit or miss for me. Yeah. Blue Velvet. Mulholland Drive I mess with. Um, Yeah. Check out some of those. Some of the less crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, so far I'm enjoying his YouTube channel. So that's something. Uh, Jeff, what are you talking yourself into? Uh, This week, I'm talking myself into things I've already talked myself into. So (laughs) I feel like you've said this before. Uh, Maybe. I mean, technically, yeah, this this is a little different because like, yeah, we record uh, a show every single week. We've had it come out for the last over two years. So sometimes it's like a a bigger thing or a smaller thing. Sometimes we just kind of like it's kind of like an excuse just to come up with something. But I noticed in this last couple of weeks that there is some stuff that I've been doing that were talk myself into that like I'm still doing like they weren't like little weird things uh so just a few of them real quick seaweed snacks i talked about it before i was like you know sometimes you get on a kick i was like oh this is a new thing i'm gonna like get all these different seaweed snacks but like i've been consistently buying seaweed snacks uh and like i had a stockpile and i just ran out so i just got a new brand it's called swashbuckle snacks and it's (laughs) it's a different crispy tempura flavor like sweet chili flavor and it's it was just a little bit different than the brands i was getting i was like this is really good but they also have a fish chip and a calamari chip which are actually just like fish and calamari dried haven't bought them yet but i'm looking forward to it but yeah i'm like yo seaweed is so good and like i've been eating this for like two years now straight and uh another one mustache care now i grew an awesome mustache we talked about it on an episode that never came out thank you dante um but when sorry i'm bringing this up again but when i when my baby (laughs) was born i was like oh man like maybe if i kiss her my mustache will tickle her and i just like shaved it off and i was like that was a stupid (laughs) thing to do like why did i do that it it doesn't she doesn't care um so i'm growing it back and i'm like at the point now where i'm starting to need to use wax again and like i'm like yeah this is this is really good and another thing i talked about one time was organizing all my data and like backing it all up um so so i've been doing that but like I still have a lot of USB sticks, a lot of SD cards and micro SD cards, and they're just in a Ziploc bag. And I'm like, oh, something needs to be done about this. So I, that's I stressful. Bought, yeah, I bought two cases. I bought a case where you, it's like a foam case where you just press the SD or micro SD cards into it and they just stay and it's waterproof. And then I bought a USB case that you, has like little slots for USB sticks. And I'm like, this is good. I got to like go through these and figure out what's on them, label them, get rid of ones that I don't want, you know, consider consolidate but like these are things that i've talked about on the show before that i'm still doing so it's just a little update but you know like it's it's nice i like that i like it (laughs) yeah you like me you really like me (laughs) go go godzilla yeah we (laughs) was talking about godzilla yeah oh yeah it's always gonna come up yeah i'm Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot. I don't know. It's a good song, though. Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, 
yeah, today we're talking about Shin Godzilla, which is a movie that I remember coming out. Um, I believe it came out in 2016 uh, in Japan. And uh, I think 2017 in the States, uh, we got a localization for it. Um, But yeah, this is a movie that is sort of a return to form for the uh, classic series Godzilla. Um, Dan, are you a fan of Godzilla? I am. I haven't seen all of them by any measure, but I've seen I've seen the big hitters and I've enjoyed them. Yeah. Do you prefer uh, like the Japanese versions over the original or uh, I'm sorry, the American? I mean, well, uh, how can I say this? I I prefer any of them that uh, take the storyline earnestly and treat Mm -hmm. Godzilla as an allegory of like mankind's follies when it comes to like environmental issues or nuclear Mm -hmm. proliferation. So. Well, you're going to like this one then. So. Okay. Yeah, I don't like the ones that are just dumb, just dumb right. like guys in suits. So yeah, my favorite totally Godzilla agree. is actually the original, but then yeah, I, like, that, I like the newer American ones as well. Yeah, those are fine. I think the 2014 one is, is kind of weak uh, for different reasons, but um, I thought the, the what is it, King of All Monsters was the second one was decent. Yeah, I thought that they were both bad. But <laughs> I like I like the the Gareth Edwards one from 2014 with Brian Cranston and stuff. So Shin Godzilla is kind of like a a reboot, a soft reboot of right. the Toho franchise. Um, yep. So it, it's modern, but it still has that like older feel to it. it, it it's really unique in how they pulled it off because they did an awesome job at balancing silly and serious, um, which I really liked about this. And and I actually only saw this, I think 2019. It was the first DVD I rented when I got a membership to best video in at this video store in Hamden, Connecticut. Um, They have like a whole Godzilla section, which is just like a small shelf with the Godzilla movies, but it's like dedicated to Godzilla. And I was like, oh, Shin Godzilla, I've been wanting to watch this. I keep like putting it off or like I can't find it because it's kind of at the time it was kind of like harder to find. Um, But yeah, I I was shocked at how much I liked it because I'm I'm a casual Godzilla viewer. Like I remember that Godzilla 2000 was on HBO all the time. And it's like, Hmm. it's pretty much a panned Godzilla movie, but I would watch it often when it was on TV. Uh, Yeah. The Matthew Broderick one, right? Nope. That's, that's not it. (laughs) We we, made this exact joke. Yeah. We we talked about this before and you're like, yeah, with Matthew Broderick and no, it's actually called Godzilla 2000 and it's a Japanese movie. It's not the 19. Oh, I never saw that. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not so good. <laughs> I'm like super I'm a super casual Godzilla fan. I didn't like any of the American ones, but I am looking forward to the Godzilla versus Kong one just because it looks like a dumb action movie, um, yeah, which right. is kind of why we decided to do this now, because Shin Godzilla has been on our list for a while um, mm-hmm. and the timing just works out. So it's very much in the cultural zeitgeist right now. Oh, yes, it, it is. sure is. So, and yeah. by the way, if Godzilla loses, we riot. <laughs> sure Uh, i mean they're probably gonna end up teaming up against another threat but whatever i just want to see a monkey punch a lizard yes (laughs) so yeah dan uh i'm glad that you were talking about how you like godzilla more sort of as an allegory because this movie is about um uh the allegory of uh japan tsunami effort and Hmm. um it's basically about how they really effed that up real bad uh when that happened and it's about um (laughs) <laughs> yes, correct. Um, it's it's sort Dry of it's, <laughs> um, it, it's sort of about that and how the government basically like failed the Japanese people. Um, so uh, I think you're gonna really like it. It's one of those movies where um, I always enjoy a Godzilla movie that has like a good like human element to it and it has a good like cool CGI monster with it uh the cool thing about this movie is it looks like godzilla is a puppet but he's actually cgi and there are like some cool like cgi moments too where yeah, like the, it's obviously cgi but the visual cool effects are really good it, it, i don't know i thought that they did integration like with puppets and miniatures and stuff because like they Agreed. pulled it off it looked really really cool yeah, yeah that was the buzz i remember hearing about this um friend of the pod dave gonzalez our first ever guest he was he's a huge godzilla fan he's done some writing on on godzilla and stuff mm-hmm. and i remember he had a lot of good things to say about at least the visuals of shin godzilla that it was sort of 
a return to form of Godzilla looking like a guy in a suit, even though he's not really a guy in a suit. Right. Yeah, and just we, those, those sort of proportions and that stature. We are super cash Godzilla fans. So if there's mm-hmm. like, if you're listening to this and you love Godzilla, if you just found us, if you've been fans of us for a while, been listening, uh, let us know uh, if we sound like complete idiots or if you have any other Godzilla Godzilla recommendations. Yeah, for sure. I know uh, Dave did a cool listicle of all like the movies to watch and like he categorizes them of like cool monster fights and like actually has a good story and stuff. So, I read that um, article. That was a really yeah. good one. I'm definitely yeah, we'll link be that up on our that. Twitter account at talk yeah. me into. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to watch this again. Um, unfortunately, I don't believe it's streaming anywhere. I don't know if it's streaming for free, Jimmy, but you can rent it for like two or three dollars on different platforms. So it, it is accessible sure. on like Amazon or whatever. I, I looked it up the other day. You guys can do it. You're you're savvy. nice. Right. And we're rich. Yes. Yeah, so super. rich. <clears throat> I have it on Blu-ray if any of you want to borrow it. Oh, really? I'm looking yeah. forward to this. Do you have it on 4K this... HD Blu-ray? <clears throat> no. Just then you're Blu-ray. nothing. You're nothing, James. <laughs> I don't think they did a 4K release, unfortunately. 4K or we riot. Yeah. That was a great example of white privilege, guys. I was just doing that as an example. Uh, Wow. No, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This is a great example of when this podcast sort of serves our our interests uh this is something that we've been talking about watching for a while and finally it just is it's the right time guys i feel it in my way down deep in my plums <laughs> as soon as you said feel it i was like he's gonna say deep down in my plums it's one of my favorite references to a tv show of all time and yeah. well hopefully i'll be referencing godzilla's plums in the second half of this episode <laughs> Hmm. So hmm. when we come back, we're going to be spoiling Shin Godzilla from 2016 and the country of Japan. Gojira. Okay, fellas, it's your favorite toy boy, Dan, here to let you know that we have recently revamped our Patreon so that everyone can get in at the same low price of $5 per month with all new exclusives coming your way. That's right. We're going to have a monthly video released early to our patrons. We're going to have an exclusive episode each month called Talking Shit, where Jeff, Jimmy, and I sit around and just talk about what we're watching, what we're doing, just catch up and bullshit for a half an hour. And you can only hear that if you're a patron. You'll also get a free pin when you sign up, access to show notes, behind-the-scenes information, and more. So please visit patreon.com slash talk me into and help us help you. Okay, fellas, did you think I'd start it any other way? Nope, Nope, I never will. (laughs) Uh, So it's been a few weeks. Yep. And I have watched Shin Godzilla. So have I. I was very I excited it. to watch this. I have to admit, um, I'm, as we mentioned in the first episode, you know, this is coming out at a time when Godzilla is very much in the cultural zeitgeist. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. And I'm a bit of a, you know, kaiju Godzilla fan. Um, my favorite, you know, up until watching this film had been the original Godzilla, which is... Uh, oh, spoiler alert. Does that mean that this is your new favorite? Oh, you'll <laughs> never know, but it's definitely not not my not not new favorite. <laughs> but i think this was a big deal um because this is sort of this movie feels like a return to form it feels like hey godzilla has gotten pretty effing crazy over these last 60 years let's take it back to what it originally was about and correct me if i'm wrong jimmy but this is also a return to toho pictures which was Mm -hmm. godzilla's original you know company is that correct? Yep, I've, I'm pretty sure Godzilla has always been owned or distributed by Toho, but this is the first one since 2003, I want to say, around there. So it's, it's been a while since we've had like a Japanese Godzilla movie. And it also feels like a soft reboot. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I would say a hard reboot. Yeah, it's 100% a reboot. It, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, obviously, like, there's not been other Godzilla kaiju, so yeah, it's a hard reboot, but... right. Um, 
I feel like they've done that several times. Like most times you see Godzilla, mm. they're like, there's never been a Godzilla before. I guess in, in Japanese in the Japanese movies, there really haven't been any reboots, but like the America, like the American. Yeah. Godzilla see, I haven't movies. watched a lot of like the middle years Godzilla movies. I've watched like a few of the older ones right. and then a few of the newer reboots. But apparently, yeah, there must have been like you're you're right. There must have been like in the 70s and 80s, a lot of movies where they're like, Jesus Christ, this Godzilla's back again. <laughs> well, I mean, he's usually like Godzilla was kind of adopted as I wouldn't say a good guy, but right. he was there to fight off the other monsters. The other like, Kai heel Kai. turned right. hero. Godzilla yeah, right. versus other fucking monsters. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah like, like Dan said, this is a return to form. It's it's a lot simpler right. of a plot than like robot Godzillas or other <laughs> mutations. All the Godzilla versus this is yeah, still when Godzilla was the kaiju that came out of the water and messed up Tokyo. A return a, to form. There, there's a rumor going along. I mean, we haven't seen it yet because it hasn't come out yet. But there's a big rumor that Mecha Godzilla is in um, Godzilla versus Kong. Oh and I God! Am so fucking down with that. Sorry, Sorry Jim. Jim. Dude, you know but it's going to be like Michael Bay style Transformers garbage, yes. right? I mean, anyway, that it gets closer to Pacific Rim, I'm fo- I'm fine with it because what if, that's just goofiness. What if this is? Hear me out now. What if Godzilla Kong is Godzilla versus Kong is secretly a backdoor crossover with the rebooted Power Rangers movie franchise, <laughs> and the Power Rangers have to use the Megazord to right. to, to defeat you know one of them i would i would shit i would literally shit that sounds awesome (laughs) but this there was supposed to be like a pacific rim crossover yeah which would have been dope right so okay so uh shin godzilla is available to rent on amazon i rented the dub version uh, i did as well because it's easier to take notes when we prepare for this i originally watched the sub version when i first saw it um but let's let's get into it dan shall we one note about that presentation, but, but since you did bring it up, I questioned whether to watch the dub or the subtitle. Generally, I prefer subtitles, but I noticed that on Amazon Prime, there wasn't the typical Japanese with English subs available. No, you There's, had to rent them separately. No, you're actually, unless I'm misunderstanding, because I tried to write, rent the Japanese with English subs, the versions available are the English dub. Or the Japanese with no subtitles or Japanese subtitles. Really? Huh. That's weird. Yeah. So I wa- I watched the dub as well. Um, I, I'm i going to separate my criticism of the dub from the film because yeah, I, think you I feel like to. that's out of their control. But I right. was not a big fan of the dub. I mean, it was hit or miss. Some points were better than others. <laughs> I um, thought they actually did pretty well for a dub. I've seen some really bad dubs and this one was... Well, I was will say that... It didn't fall into the stereotypical, like, crazy, over-the-top overacting that you see with a lot of bad dubs. I actually had the the opposite problem, which is that a lot of this, the performances in the dub just fell Felt really like flat to me. Yeah, they were just like, okay, and then this is happening. But If anything, it, it kind of feels, like, perfect that you guys watch the dub because, like, a lot of those old uh, Godzilla movies only had, like, the dub exactly. back in the day. So, and uh, and those movies like laid the groundwork for the dub tropes that are made fun right. of to this day. Right. That's but true. Plot wise, the movie opens up. Um, the Japanese Coast Guard are investigating this yacht that's abandoned in Tokyo Bay. Um, and all of a sudden, there's this big like eruption underwater and, and the boat is like is like flooding and sinking. Um mm-hmm. And to me, it looks like and what the Coast Guard originally proposed is that it's some sort of underwater like vent or volcano that's producing like heat and and, you know, this combustive water. Um, and and you also find a uh, a pair of shoes that are are left behind, which is a common trope of uh, suicide in uh, in Japan. Oh, really? I didn't even put that together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's mysterious. Um there's like viral video that we see um which is kind of an interesting use of this is a common thing we see in in you know more recent disaster films as we see like found footage cell phone stuff cloverfield yeah so there's there's a little bit of that um that's showing 
that this eruption now has taken on like a red hue color and then there's this giant um like serpentine uh, is it a creature is it a tail that's rising out right. of the water well even before that like a lot of this movie especially the first half is uh you're dealing with government bureaucracy so right, i was gonna like get a, into that yeah they're in a meeting and one of the guys yaguchi i don't even think the names matter to be honest no. with you there's uh, there are character moments in here but it doesn't really matter but he brings up large sea creatures at the ministry meeting and they all kind of laugh at him like, yeah they scoff at him how dare you use this knowledge in science to right. believe that it could be a creature and then a giant tail or tentacle they don't know what it is uh pops out of the the water yeah right and soon after that um as we see through this course of the movie the creature is like is evolving either in its physical form or in the human's understanding of it so initially it's an autumn underwater eruption then it's this serpent creature and then finally it makes landfall and it's revealed to be this sort of they describe it as similar to a mudfish, which is like an amphibious aquatic fish or like sea serpent that has like small like legs and can sort of propel itself forward over terrain. So, Dan, before yeah. watching this, did you know that Godzilla evolves from this form? No. So when they first show Godzilla uh, just like flopping down the street, uh, <laughs> which is so you goofy think? looking. What did you think? Well, I knew he wasn't going to stay in this form. Well, of course. Uh, just based on um, posters, posters or... and stuff like that. But I will say, to jump forward, and I will come back to your question, but um, when he first stands upright, but he still has like the fish head, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought he might stay in that form, and I actually thought that was really interesting, just mm. like a new take on the Godzilla look. Um, but we'll get back to that. But this form, where he's like a slithering creature, was a little funny to me. Um and I think it has to do with I'm not super versed in the technology, but it appears that this was uh, like puppeteer with miniatures, uh, maybe like a large puppet. Just based on the way it moved, it felt like it was being tethered from above. And, yeah, and uh, that's, that's what I love about this movie. I can't tell. I can't tell right. what's miniature, what's puppetry, what's CG. But I agree. The, the first view of Godzilla is so fucking sorry, Jim goofy and i loved it i was immediately like this movie's amazing it had like googly eyes and like this derpy face and it's just flopping down the street just like crushing shit and it's so goofy and silly and like i mean we see later on too but like a lot of the the camera is static. Like you have a static shot, steady shot of the bay, and then like a steady shot of the city. And then it cuts to like, you know, found footage, like you mentioned before, of like street level pandemonium. And then it like cuts back to just like a broad shot. Like there's shots later on when he's standing straight up where it's like a just a cityscape and you just see Godzilla standing there in the background, just still. Yeah, and it's it's such a great juxtaposition. But like that first scene <laughs> with him flopping around and people are screaming and he's just like this little turd jumping around. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> well, I'm so gonna, good. I agree with you that it's pretty crazy looking, but I'm going to argue one point, And that's the eyes, because to me, the eyes are actually really effective. Um, they mm-hmm. don't look like googly eyes to me. They look like real fish eyes. Yeah, Which, yeah, right, right. Makes sense that an underwater creature would have eyes like that. It, it brings back to mind like the scary thing in the grocery store as a little kid, where those big dead whole fish in the you know seafood section, and those glassy eyes staring back at you were sort of creepy. It reminds me of uh you know, uh, the discussion in Jaws that the sharks have doll's eyes, the the black eyes that stare endlessly into you. So I thought that was pretty effective. I I do think that it's. It's a much stronger looking creature as it stands up. Right. And right, it, but it's also also with the eyes, it's not like this menacing like nineteen ninety seven Matthew Broderick Godzilla where it's a close up of like this evil eye. It's yeah. just there's no intention. You know it's what I lifeless. mean? It's just yeah, it's a creature that is just like right. it will do what it wants. Right. And um yeah, it's it, which is unnerving. Well, and I I, I, I think, think oh go ahead, Jim. Uh, I was just going to say, I think a lot of the design of the of the first evolution of Godzilla, um, I thought a lot of it sort of took 
um it reminded me a lot of the titans from attack on titan are you guys familiar at all no with uh, i've, I've that seen show or... i've seen the first episode yeah they're I, yeah. very uh, they're di- oh funny enough the director who made this movie or one of the directors who made this movie made the live action attack on titan so i i thought that there was kind of a connection there oh don't um, tell me that now i'm gonna have to watch attack on titan the live uh, action movie i mean at, at some point i, I might uh, actually want to uh watch attack on titan but um you know. yeah a lot of the um a lot of the like facial expressions and like just the like design of him reminds me a lot of um attack on titan the titans and that like they're a little like off-putting but like they're not necessarily like scary yes and, um, like uncanny I, I, valley kind of stuff right it, exactly and that's what i sort of like got from this and i was like it's kind of cool that they like done this like it feels very japanese and like i definitely appreciate that from like a japanese movie i want to see as much japanese culture as possible so. yeah i think the problem with the first incarnation the slithery incarnation is he's a little bit too muppety for me um, which i love because to me that's a love note to the original godzilla which is just you know the dude in the suit i i think right. it's great i i think when he stands up and there's some anatomical stuff that's very odd which i really appreciate like that weird like broken sternum section do you guys notice that yep for sure um so yeah i think that's very effective i, I don't want to dwell completely on the look of godzilla there's more to come but i i uh I, I think it's great how just like the original Godzilla, this is all juxtaposed. These scenes of chaos and destruction are, are quick cut in with complete government repression and bureaucracy is just right, they're, said. they're discussing whether to kill it, capture it, chase it off because they don't know what to do. Because if we know anything about government, uh, they're they're not very effective at doing anything except for killing each other, especially well, in crisis. And, and yeah. the. To me, the whole conceit of this movie is about the ineffectuality of bureaucracy and red tape and about how slowly everything moves. Every decision has to be passed yep. through committees and the press conferences are plotted out. And Right. They and, even say that the creature in the first form can get to Tokyo in three hours. So like they already have a three hour window, which they don't know at this time will get shorter. But right. like their worst case scenario is three hours at this point. And, um, yeah, it's just not, I mean, even if you look at their entire, uh, arc over the course of this movie, very little is accomplished. I mean, they lucked out (laughs) that they were able to find a solution, which I don't think is, uh, coincidental that the solution comes from the one like group that breaks all the red tape. Right. Um, Right. And, and, and that's the whole I mean, that's a lot of like the themes of the movie is yeah. like uh, individualism, especially um, because Japan definitely as a culture itself, um, Japan definitely looks at themselves as like being part of a cog and mm-hmm. like individualism doesn't isn't really like praised as much as it is in America. Um, yeah. So a lot of that does really shine through when you're watching a movie like that. If you have that like prior knowledge, you sort of feel like um how it just it feels different and like how like people looking at like those like individuals or whatever because like people want to be like individuals i want to be like myself i don't Mm. necessarily want to be part of this thing but like this definitely feels like an anti-government anti-like society oh for sure japanese movie dude Um, some some of like the directing and editing was so good like one of the cabinet members says we'll make every attempt to control the traffic and immediately cuts to a scene of a crowded (laughs) highway just deadlocked right and like it's just so good at just calling out uh the ineptitude of government so I, I agree with Jeff that um, a lot of the names aren't really important. This uh, this government just sort of is is typified by this faceless, you know, cavalcade of men in suits. Um, right. I will say that the the one character that stands out from this is Yaguchi, who is the young sort of upstart who's. Um, the first one to propose that it's a creature and he's eventually put in charge right. of a, a, a task force. And, and as I alluded to earlier, it's this task force that's able to cut through the red tape and actually find a solution. Um, so I would say Yaguchi is the audience surrogate. We see a lot of the events from his point of view. Um, I think he's a redeeming character. If not, um, how can I say this? He's not as multifaceted as, as I would like. 
he's a little too uh, lawful good for me, to put it in terms of uh, nerd dumb. What did you guys? Yeah, yeah I mean, I what's can your see opinion? That. But but then we're introduced to that other like American lady who is his opposite. Uh, you know, yeah. she's just kind of like, let's get this done matter of factly. Yeah, her right. name is uh, it's like Kayako. Uh, Patterson is her last name, though, which is interesting because she's like clearly, you know, she refers to her Japanese ancestors, um, but she's living in America and she's like the U.S. special envoy to Japan. She's going to be U.S. president someday. Yeah. Some of this felt like, um, (laughs) I mean, and U.S. movies are extremely guilty of this, that like we don't understand other cultures. So we just like take wild stabs in the dark and like. The idea of her just like saying like, oh, when I'm president, this will happen. It's like, uh, right. no offense, but America can't elect uh, a lady president. We're probably not going to elect a Japanese lady president. That's just racism, people. And that's where we are right now. Yeah. The only way we're <laughs> going to get an Asian woman president if the old white guy dies. Yeah, basically. Oh, geez. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you with the characters. I don't think the characters are necessarily in this movie to be like three-dimensional i think uh, i mean you can see a little bit of depth with these like two like sort of main characters but i think this movie definitely feels more like a grand scheme of things as opposed to like a character study yeah um uh where that's sort of like what i was looking at it as um this movie is just like full of symbolism and like you just kind of let it wash over you in my opinion yeah i mean the other character that i wanted to shout out and i don't even know her name is this sort of radical individualist that's part of the uh, group. And she's mm-hmm. the one that seems to be like, I don't know, like there's allusions to her like sort of antisocial behavior, possibly mm-hmm. like they want to portray her as autistic or, you know, Asperger's. I think you know who I'm referring to. And she's the one that eventually like comes up with the formula. She breaks the code from the scientist who had been studying Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, who we find out was actually on the yacht. Those were his shoes. Like, right. He was a scientist and he had had this genetic code. I mean, this bit of the movie was a little bit muddled to me. It, they could have just been like science, science, science stuff. And I would have yeah. you know, <laughs> found it to be just as as equally, you know, important. Yeah. Uh, basically, the movie is just a juxtaposition of scenes of Godzilla like rampaging his way en route to Tokyo. We don't really know why he's moving across the country. Like even the government officials are saying that they're like the only thing we know about him is that he moves. Um, right. Yeah, he's just a creature in the wild. I mean, that's that's good enough for me, dude. He's yeah. meant to be a storm. I mean, he's an allegory for like a storm or like yeah. a tsunami. God in incarnate. Yes. But That's he's on Gojira this. Means. He's on this path. Um, we we see another stage of evolution um, where he becomes more of the traditional Godzilla form. Yeah, he makes arms, <laughs> and like his head becomes more lizard like. Right. There's things I liked about this and things I didn't. I thought um, the the red uh, like lines that run through him, course through him, like you could see. You know, we find out later that he's like powered by nuclear fission and the idea that you could see these cracks in his outer facade and like this glowing red interior, I thought was really powerful and really well executed. Dude, the night battle is so cool. Yeah. It's like everything about it. Cause like, well, first of all, he like starts to turn purple and shoot those mouth lasers. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, just like the cinematography, the score, the music turns from like this weird abrasive kind of just like, you know, just like really brash strings, like monster movies. Are we going to talk about the score here? Cause I have things to say about the score. uh, Yeah, we totally can. I mean, I'm getting into it right now, but like, I think that it's so great that it turns from that to like this choral orchestral, just like build as Godzilla's power gets more focused. I was like, dude, this is, so good like it's awesome to watch and listen to but even just everything complements each other so well yeah and basically like what jeff's alluding to is that in this night battle he he vents his radioactivity through the form of this like mouth blast and yeah. these these plates on his back that shoot lasers which his like it, jaw unhinges too which yeah is so cool yeah it's and like he's just equally, like he's, creepy and corny in a very effective way like these like purple like, lasers yeah he's just moving and the lasers are just like cutting through helicopters and buildings and oh yeah. it's so good the score has no right to be this good like it's so good <laughs> 
It's um. It's, they used the classic Godzilla theme too. Yes. At one point. Well, that's what I want to say. I'm, I'm sure Mondo has put out like a oh yeah a release I'm of sure. this, right. I gotta look the, at that. As much as the film feels like a return to form, the score feels even more like a love letter of the classic Godzilla. Like yeah, it's updated to today's standards. It gets some of the emotional highs that the original score didn't. Mm-hmm. But it also has that um, I don't even know how to describe it like gritty like down to earth fear based like mounting tension like this mm-hmm. dun 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 like type of score in the background as Godzilla's like rampaging through the it's city. Looming. It's like dark. It's yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's really good. Um, I mean, I, even like since we're talking about audio, the sound effects are just mm-hmm. so good. Like I'm sure that they use original like Godzilla sound effects, like kind of like Star Wars uses their original stuff and then mm-hmm. update it. It sounds like that, but updated and yeah. like just like the destruction sounds of like some of these city scenes were they had to have been miniatures that they just destroyed because mm-hmm. it, yep. it looks so cool. Yeah, and um, even like the Godzilla like roars and stuff feel like the original Godzilla, but just like newly recorded. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot plot-wise to get to. As we said, the task force basically cracks the code that he's a nuclear monster. And um, the way they can defeat him is by, like, cooling his blood. And the idea is that if they cool his core, he'll become, like, immobilized. And, you know, as we see in here, he eventually, like, freezes. I I have to say, I thought the battle scene was really cool. All the different waves of distracting him with, like, missiles and stuff like that was really cool but the final payoff of like how they deliver this cooling serum was a bit of a hokey letdown for me oh really i was hoping to see like some cool like giant like syringe missiles or something like that (laughs) and the idea like i think it's cool that they use like oil tanker trucks but got that vaccine on your mind I mean, I don't know the the image of all these like giant like unfolding like scaffolding things going into his mouth was a little hokey. Like it, first of all, no like industrial trucks could move that fast. Like <laughs> the way those like things extended into his mouth, just it looked a lot like miniatures to me in not the best ways. See, I love I love what they did with the ending of this movie because um, when. Basically, what they do to knock uh, Godzilla down is they have train bombs, which I think is really cool. Um, They're using Japan to fight uh, Godzilla because Japan has a huge uh, train infrastructure. Like, that's what they use to get around everywhere. Um, So the fact that they're, like, sacrificing literally... Yeah, the fact that they're sacrificing literally, like, the thing that they use to move around in order to take it down, I think is, like, great. And I think that's, like, washed with symbolism. I think that's really well done. And the fact that, like, they're just using, like, construction things to, like, to defeat Godzilla. They're not using, like, these big, like, lasers. They're not using, like, missiles. The fact that they're using Japan to fight Godzilla, Mm -hmm. I think, is really cool. And it's really well done. I also like how he never makes it to tokyo proper like it's still yep. kind of just like the suburbs out in the country right. just like it's, like it's just sure. outside yeah there's there's cities but like it's not like you know the the neon highly densely populated yeah. area of tokyo yeah i mean i will say that if you want to talk about symbolism we can delve pretty deeply into the real final season scene which is um you know, after Godzilla is like frozen and he starts to like crack and stuff, um, there's this very interesting close-up shot. Yes, uh, where they like zoom in on Godzilla's tail, and it's debatable what we're seeing. To me, it looks like Godzilla was possibly in the next stage of evolution and it was frozen in place. And this stage of evolution was that he was maybe going to like break apart into like humanoid figures or at least humanoid figures were going to emerge from his tail, 
which is like very creepy and like takes us to a whole nother weird place uh, visually that I don't remember seeing any Godzilla movies go into, which is like body horror and like stuff inspired by like H.R. Geiger of like when I when both times when I watched that, like I read what you just said that that's what that is. But when I saw it, I just saw it as like people that you know, as he's walking by and, you know, his tail just picked him up and he's nuclear. Oh, really? So just got, I just thought it was just oh, like, like a, symbol, people? a symbol of his destruction fused to his tail. No, I, I got immediately that he was comprised at some level or like was about to like break apart into these people. Like they, to me, they looked like because they were in like sort of a stage of development that they were part of Godzilla. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, mean, I, 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 I would that. I would kill for a sequel, but I don't think there's any talks of one. Yeah, they they were talking occasionally uh, about doing a sequel. I think one has been greenlit, but they, they don't have the same writer director, which is unfortunate. Mm. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I definitely agree with with uh, what you were saying, Dan, is that he can no longer like fight them as one Godzilla. So he had to become many. And uh, which... I just thought that was really like ooh, terrifying. That's... Aside from the creepy idea visually of like, you know, this, you know, dark force of nature uh, sort of taking inspiration visually from humans or like becoming this dark mockery of of humanoid figures, that's mm-hmm. creepy in and of itself. But also this idea of if Godzilla represents like mankind's destruction of nature through nuclear powers or through you know global warming whatever depending on what what version you're watching yeah what does it say that godzilla is turning into people to me it speaks to like the corruption of mankind i I don't know there you could read a lot into that but if we've corrupted nature and now nature is rebelling by corrupting us. I don't know. There's there's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, for sure. I, I never took it past, um, oh, this is a scary monster that's going to take over the world. But uh, yeah, you could definitely look into it. Which, well, I mean, uh, you, you took it as far as, like you said, like he's representative of a storm or a tsunami, right. this wave. Right. So to me, like Godzilla isn't like man versus creature, which is what it is on the surface. It's Godzilla man versus has, nature. Exactly. God is, Godzilla right. has always been man versus nature. And because Godzilla's creation was due to like mankind's hubris and use right. of like these uncontrollable nuclear fo- forces that we never quite understood. It's interesting to see what the you know writer and director are saying that now he's sort of like becoming a mirror to humanity. Right. I don't know. It's interesting. But yeah, I mean, overall... I, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the film is effective in in its in its themes of mankind's, like I said, mankind's hubris, but also the ineffectuality of governments and bureaucracy in the face of disaster. And I think right. there's a lot of call outs in this movie, not just to Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which were definitely influential of the original Godzilla, mm-hmm. but also to... Um, the Fukushima nuclear meltdown. There's mentions of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that to me feels like a lot closer of a an allegory for this film. That... I was pretty upset that there was no mention of the Kawasaki ninjas because they rule. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, obviously the writer and director, I don't know a lot about that situation, but to me, the statement of this film is that disaster could have been avoided and if it couldn't have been avoided it could have been cleaned up and handled a lot faster if the government had been more efficient and less worried about its appearances on the global stage and things like that Mm. so i thought that was really effective what i will say in the negative is i feel like this film drags a little bit in the middle um Mm. I feel like there's some sequences that are sort of unnecessary. Um, I had already established and gotten what they were trying to tell me about government bureaucracy when they went through this whole thing about the changing of the prime minister because the original prime minister died in in the night battle. Yeah. It, it just felt... And there's a lot of stuff in there that... 
maybe has more cultural relevance if I knew more about Japanese society, but all this right. stuff of the people in their like jumpsuits, which is something like the US government doesn't do, but I kind of think is adorable that depending on like which branch of government you're a part of, even if you're like the highest ranking official, you have like this little cute uniform with a vest yes. and a hat. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> so there's a lot of that um, that didn't really hit me as much as maybe it could have, but it feels a little bit drawn out. Um, but I pretty much love all the Godzilla stuff. I think that's all yeah. really, really tight. Um, maybe, like I said, maybe the actual administering of the serum at the end was a little corny. Um, but right around that section was all really awesome stuff. The train bombs and stuff was great. Okay. Well, I don't think I really have a final push. No, I mean, like... neither do I. It's a pretty pretty simple movie, and there's one of them. So, yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff, do you want to ask the question? Yeah, Dan, did, did Jimmy and I uh, talk you into Shin Godzilla? I mean, you absolutely did. Yeah, right, I right. Mean, yeah, it's absolutely. good. It's a, it's a great monster movie. Like, I rewatched this again. I think I saw it two years ago, and it was mm-hmm. great. It was fun. It was... It's oh, it's just so good. I love the aesthetic of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and even the marketing is cool. Like the whole vibe of it, that it's a return to form. Everyone knows what it is. It's not trying I to love, I love the poster and like the oh, DVD yeah. case. It's so good. So scary. Really good. I will say that I stand firm that they probably could have shaved 10 minutes off this movie and it no, would be strong. Well, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. But it, it makes me want to watch more Godzilla. It makes me want to rewatch the original. Have well, you guys seen too, the original? Yeah, I've seen, I mean, yeah, I have. And, and I, I've seen several Godzilla movies, like we mentioned in the first part, but uh, it does make me want to watch more, especially more of the goofier ones. Yeah. Um, because I don't know. It's just it's so it's so funny looking. And and there's like some Godzilla people listen right now. Like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And you're right. Oh, yeah. And I want to. We're not I want to know. No, yeah. no, I want to. I want to know more about him. Yeah. It did low key uh, make me excited for Kong versus Godzilla though, or whatever. In theaters now, promotion paid. Yeah, <laughs> it's sponsored I by. Wish. Yeah, don't say that. We're not. Yeah. Give us money. Yeah. HBO Max, Warner Brothers, Warner Premiere first. Hey guys, next week we get, we got a we got a silly kind of variation on the roundtable format that we do sometimes. We do too. We came up with this idea to do a showdown. Now we're going to get into it next week. We're not going to break down the rules of it now, but. I picked a topic and Dan picked a topic and we're going to have Jimmy uh, watch both of these shows. And then he's going to tell us if he liked both of them and which one was better. So it's a versus. So we are doing a show called three South versus a show called Harley Quinn. And that's what we're doing. (laughs) It's a showdown showdown. And they're, they're literally shows that we're showing down. So yeah, they are double entendre. if this format works, we'll do. We could do it with other things, with yeah. music, or you know, we're we're trying to pair similar topics that I have two a lot of ideas. Yeah, talk another host into. So yeah, we'll we'll see if that works. But it's it's going to be fun because like I, I didn't want to do a whole episode on Three South, which is a long forgotten show that was never popular. So <laughs> yeah. uh, here is my time to shine. Yeah, and I did want to do a whole episode on Harley Quinn, but Jeff slapped me across the face and said I'm not allowed to. No. <laughs> I, he rubbed my yeah. nose in it. No, Harley Quinn. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Dan. Yes. Where can people find Talk Me Into on the internet? Talk Me Intro. Oh, guys, I mean, at this point, where can't they find us on the internet? I mean, it's Talk Me In China? I'm sure we're banned there. Oh, probably. No. Dude, we are huge in China. Uh, I wish. Talk me, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TalkMeInto. We're on Instagram at TalkMeIntoPod. As always, if you feel so inclined, you can email us, TalkMeInto at gmail.com. And, and guys, follow us on Patreon. We've got a lot of new stuff out. It's really fun. You'll be supporting the podcast. We'll give you extra hugs and kisses. It's patreon.com slash talk me into Jimmy. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at son of a Fitch S O N N A V A F I T C H on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube where Jimmy, you um, sound so defeated. Cheer up. You talked me into Shin Godzilla. Yeah, I did. It. Oh no, Paris. What are you doing? <laughs> my, my cat just jumped off my table. Um, yeah, you can find me on all those, uh, social media platforms and on YouTube where I'm posting some projects 
hopefully I'll be working on them soon because I'm off for the week, so that'll be fun. And uh, yeah, Dan, where can people find you personally online? Oh, I'm on uh, I'm on the Twitter uh, under cool. the name the Danny Twitter. underscore Breakdown. Why I'm don't on you the drop Twitter. the? <laughs> Oh, because I can't. I'm, I'm going to be 34 years old when this airs. And that was I a social. Well. That was a social network reference. I don't know if oh, you've seen the that. Oh, Facebook. Film, yes, yes, correct. I know. Remember, remember Justin Timberlake. I remember yes. Justin Timberlake. I remember all too well. Jeff, where can people find you online? People can find me online on Twitter at J E F F F F F two seven. That's Jeff with five Fs. The number twenty seven. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Will it be Harley Quinn? Will it be Three Self? You'll find out next week on Talk Me Into. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>cool uh before we actually start um why am i feeling like jeff were you being talked into this as well no no this week, oh I mean, it was we just me, the right? whole first half yeah i can't remember though <laughs> it's two weeks ago it's not like it's long so it's so just jeff got this from best video remember oh okay all right you ready yes yep